On today's show, the LA Clippers have won six of their last nine games, six and three since they made the change of putting Russell Westbrook on the bench. But what's the one thing that they seem to lack? That's consistency. Why are the Clippers so inconsistent right now? Going to be talking about that and how they can fix their small inconsistency issues on today's Lock on Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the Clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darian Viziri, born and raised in L.A. and in my 19th season as a Clipper fan. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more L.A. Clipper and L.A. sports and NBA content. And Locked On Clippers, free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Or I want you to let me know in the comments, what is the biggest thing stopping the Clippers right now from being consistent let me know in the comments so in this episode we're going to be talking about those things and I think it begins with the team intensity defensively and then our two best players Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and of course James Harden now, before we get started, this episode is brought to you by Game Time. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. You can even get tickets an hour, up to an hour after the game has begun. All right, let's get to it. So a new week in Clippers basketball, the in-season tournament knockout stages are giving the Clippers a couple days of extra rest. Wednesday will be our first game of the week. So we got Monday off, got Sunday off, and got Tuesday off. So three days off, especially when Kawhi Leonard and Paul George have played every single game. James Harden and Russell Westbrook have also played all the games that they've been available for. I mean, Westbrook has played every game, but James Harden obviously came late, so you know the deal there. But yeah, it's great to have that three days rest. Now, you know, it's funny. Shout out to everybody that, you know, listens to the show, comments frequently. Uh, it's So many people have called me out for being biased or unfair towards certain players. You got Kawhi fans complaining. You got Harden fans complaining, which lets me know that I think I'm being kind of fair. Like, if everyone, every stand base except for Paul George, because I don't know, Paul George fans, I don't know where they've gone. But if everyone's complaining that I'm being harsh on their favorite player, to me, that just means you just don't like hearing criticism about your favorite player, and I'm being fair. And what I see, like, you know, we might evaluate performances differently, but if everybody is complaining, then that means there's nothing consistent, which means that I think I'm being fair. So let's talk about, speaking of consistent, let's talk about why the Clippers can't seem to build consistent habits. And the first thing is just the intensity defensively on a night-to-night basis. Now, I want to just say this. I think the consistency thing is actually a tad overblown. So my two takeaways are this. One, the consistency is a tad overblown right now. And two, it's the defensive intensity. My two favorite words. Let's start with why I think it's being overblown a bit. The team that started together 
the James Hart, the big four plus Zoo starting lineup, that was a disaster. I think everybody that was saying that would be a perfect, a, no problem fitting together because Russ and Harden played together in Houston. I think all those people have shut up on that and are seeing that that lineup is just not good. And by the way, I did some research before the game, diving into the stats, which you know I don't like to do that much, but I did. I took every five-player lineup combination for the Clippers that has played at least 40 minutes or more, and there were only three five-man combinations that had played over 40 minutes, and easily the worst one with a dreadful minus 22.6 net rating was the Westbrook, Harden, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Zubats combination, which you can argue right then and there that those are our five best players. But that is why basketball is not played on paper. Basketball is played on the court, and fit matters, chemistry matters. So the reason why I say that the cons- lack of consistency is a bit overblown is because the Clippers are 6-3 and three since we made the move to put Westbrook on the bench. Now, we've been inconsistent to a degree in those games, but let's just talk about the games. Houston, that was the first win, kind of took the monkey off of the back. We beat San Antonio twice in a row, took care of business there. We lost to New Orleans, and I don't think that was like a lack of effort thing. I think New Orleans is a bad matchup for the Clippers. We don't have much of an answer for Zion. They have good bodies to throw at Kawhi and Paul George, and James Harden wasn't really looking at the basket, and Russ had a really bad game. Then you play Dallas, and you get a totally different effort than that Pelicans game. But you also just get a really bad performance from the opposition. You know, as fans, Clipper fans, we always look at how our team plays because we're looking at it from analyzing our offense and defense, our rebounding, the every little aspect of the game from our side. But when you just look at it from a neutral perspective and you're watching the games without bias, anybody could tell you that New Orleans and the Clippers was a competitive game between two teams that were playing decently. Pelicans case, they're playing well. But it was, there was no team that played awful or anything like that. That Dallas game might have been the worst game of the Mavericks season as we, sit, as we sit here talking to each other right now. I think that Mavericks game may have been the worst game of their season. So it's, there's two, thing, you know, two sides to things. The Clippers had maybe their best one of the season against Dallas, either that or the Sacramento game. But Dallas also played really bad. Nonetheless, the point is at that point, we're 4-1 with the new starting lineup. Then we lose to Denver, which was just catastrophic. I have no excuse for that one. And then you see the win against Sacramento, where you're like, oh my God, this is night and day. And then you lose to Golden State, which I don't think was that bad of a loss. It was just a very frustrating loss because of the way Paul George played, in my opinion, and the way Ty Lue made some questionable decisions, like going four guards at the end of the third quarter, not ending with Zoo, ending with Russ, Harden, Kawhi, and Paul, even though Harden wasn't having a great second half. So that was tough, and then we bounced back with that win against Golden State. So we're at 6-3, and three, and if we're being real, we've had two games where we're like, what, what team is this? And that's the, sac- I'm sorry, that's the Denver game, and the New Orleans game. But to be honest, now that I'm thinking about it, it's really just the Denver game. I feel like if we won that game, we wouldn't have this lot of a discussion about what team's going to show up. Now, the one thing that's really frustrating, Clipper fans, is that we can't seem to go 500. We haven't been at 500 since 3-3. Three and three, And right now we're sitting at 9-10. and 10. If we beat the Denver Nuggets on Wednesday, which 
That's a tall task just considering our recent form against them over the last couple of seasons. But if we do, we'll be back to 500. We'll have won seven games out of our last 10, and now we're trending in a really good direction. And if you're making a league power rankings, it's hard to make a case that we're not in the top 15 or maybe even the top 10. So moral of the story, just to cap it off, I think the consistency things are a little overblown. But I think if you look at the Dallas game, if you look at the Sacramento game, defensive intensity is very important. And that starts with your best players. Now, what's hard about the best players thing is that Kawhi and Paul George are being asked to defend better players and bigger players more since we lost front court depth and guys that could guard. In Nico's case, the point of attack. So, and you know, Russ also, when he started, he was guarding a lot of guards as well to begin the season. You know, he was guarding Scoot Henderson, destroyed him, you know, that, that kind of thing. So I know the sample size isn't that much to go off. D'Angelo Russell, when we played the Lakers, we don't have Russ doing that as much now because he's getting less minutes. So that puts the onus on guys like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard to try a little bit harder. The good thing it, defensively. The good thing is, like, for example, Kawhi Leonard guarding Steph Curry for an entire half. Like, I don't know if that would have happened if we still had Nico and Rocco. But the, the good thing is Terrence Mann starting, which honestly would have been the case whether we made the trade or not. But having Terrence Mann starting does take that load off of Kawhi and Paul just a little bit. Actually, not a little bit, a decent amount. Because Terrence is always going to be the guy that guards the best player at this point. But Kawhi and Paul are honestly less of my worries, especially Kawhi defensively. I think he usually comes with the right attitude. I think he's definitely lost a step, though, laterally. Not to say he's not good anymore. And everybody got so butthurt in my last episode when I said he didn't lock Steph up. I'd like you to break down the tape for me on your own YouTube channel and show me. I think Kawhi played good defense. People were acting like I said he played bad defense and thinking that just because I said he asked for a screen means he wasn't playing good D. But if you look at the screen navigation, it wasn't all that great for more than two or three possessions. It was a much more of a team effort, in my opinion, as to why Steph Curry and his own fatigue that caused for him to go one for 10 in the second half than Kawhi just locking him up. I think that's pretty rudimentary or elementary analysis, I should say, personally. Now, if you want to make a film breakdown for me and prove your point, I would love to watch it. But my point is, I, I'm going on a tangent about that stupid. Kawhi Leonard has, I, I said on my Basketball on Figaro, which is a show I'm doing with a Laker beat writer, I just said that Kawhi Leonard's been our best defensive player through 19 games. And I mean that. So I give him the slight edge because Paul George has had some real duds defensively, like against... Golden State the other night when we lost, like against Denver. Kawhi wasn't great defensively against Denver, and he had some slower games right after the trade, but he's really started to pick it up on both ends of the floor, and overall, he's, he's still going to play good defense. I don't think there's one season you can point to where Kawhi Leonard has not been a good defender. So even though he's not guarding the best players so much, he's still a plus defender. He still communicates more on defense than Paul George, than anyone on our team in that starting lineup, if we're being real, you can see his body language when he's he's constantly pointing in transition. Terrence talks as well. But Kawhi, for not being much of a vocal leader, he's vocal defensively, and that matters. So defensive intensity from the top down, James Harden is a bit very much a... Uh, I know I'm, it's crazy I haven't mentioned him yet in that conversation because for the most part, Harden's effort has been pretty good defensively so far. But when he is engaged defensively, it makes a whole difference because... That means that even if his shot's not falling between his passable defense, maybe sometimes getting some steals, and playmaking in the pick and roll and creating good shots, he can still have good games even if he's 3 for 10. You know what I'm saying? Maybe in a different way than Russ, who's a lot more of an energy guy that can get you a lot of rebounds, that can do a lot of the intangible things when he's shooting poorly. Because Russ will shoot poorly a lot more than James will. But 
Russ can give you more of those other things than James will. But if James has the passable defense plus the playmaking that he offers, he can still get away with bad shooting nights. So it's from the top down. And Zubots is huge too. When we talk about consistency, Zubots, we don't know which one we're going to get a lot. Thankfully, we're training in the right direction with that as well. But coming up, going to be talking about the main keys. 2-1-3. I got to tell you a little something about FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins, not if your team loses. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season or participate with the NBA or NHL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, so let's talk about the main keys. Okay, I just realized... 13 minutes into this episode that I my background is totally different and I haven't used the stable center background of the outside the stadium <laughs> since starting my uh using the green screen for my ch- for the channel so that's so funny usually as you know I use the clippers court so that's that's a mistake on my part but you know what I'm gonna let it ride for the rest of the episode why not a little variety so let's talk about 213 213 are the keys whether we got Harden or not First, the health. 19 games in, 19 games played. They're not listed on the injury report for Wednesday, even though it hasn't fully come out. I don't expect there to be an injury knocking on that wood. Hey, this door, it's losing some wood, but it's still got plenty of wood to be knocked on. And right now, I'm going to just keep it, keep saying it. Keep on knocking, ladies and gentlemen, please. Because right now, it's unprecedented what seems to be happening, and I want it to continue. Now, This will be the 20th straight game. Oh my God, I can't believe I'm saying that. Where they've played together. But the record makes me feel a little bit like, ah, blown opportunity. But that was going to be the case when you implemented a James Harden. We should be thankful that we made the starting lineup change just five games in. Because how do we continue with that? Had Westbrook said, nah, I don't want to go to the bench. It's either get rid of me or we're starting. We're going to figure it out. And we went with the, okay, we'll give him a chance to figure it out thing. We could be having a way worse record right now. We could be 6-13 and 13 for all I know. But thankfully, we've made a change, and it's been for the better. And before I get into 2-1-3, I want to – and actually, it incorporates them here. When I talked about those three, five-player lineups that we have numbers for that played over 40 minutes, I said the lowest one was the big four plus zoo. The second highest with a plus 18.5 net rating is actually our current starting lineup, James Paul, Kawhi, Zoo, and Terrence. So that tells you our starting lineup right now, the numbers are good, the eye test is pretty good, and if you look at that starting lineup just on paper, it's one of the better ones in the West. I mean, we have three stars in there. Like, you might not think James Harden's a star, but 
he has a star caliber impact. Like my eyes tell me he's still a star caliber player. Whether he's going to make the all-star team, he probably won't. Because one thing I want to give Harden and Westbrook credit for, I'm not going to give Kawhi credit for this because he shouldn't be doing it. But Westbrook and Harden just have to average less, in my opinion. Whether it's rebounds, points, assists. Not rebounds, because you can never complain with getting more rebounds. But assists, points, they're going to be down for both of them. It's just the facts of playing with a team that's a super team. James Harden is averaging 16.5 points, 6.5 rebounds. I'm sorry, he's not even averaging 16.5. He's averaging 16 points, 4 rebounds, and 6 assists. Those are some of the worst stats for James Harden since 2012 when he was a six-man in OKC. Does that mean he's playing badly? No, it does not. Russell Westbrook, low stats. You know, these are not the numbers he's used to putting up. 12 points, 7 rebounds, and 5 dimes. The biggest sacrifice, ladies and gentlemen, is statistical. Because these guys, Westbrook and Harden, they love putting up those big numbers in the past. They wanted to put up those numbers. They wanted all that. For them to be okay with this, that's the first step in wanting to win. And I'm happy for them so far. Now, by the way, if you're wondering what the best lineup, the five-man combination was, (laughs) they only played 51 minutes. But Westbrook, Paul, Kawhi, Rocco, and Zoo. And that's from the first couple of games. So I'll let you go to war in the comments with that one. But let's talk about 2-1-3, right? Their consistency is very important. There are two best players. You want them to be as great as possible on the same night every single night. And it felt like for a while since you know we got James Harden that it was hard for Paul and Kawhi to have a good game on the same night. Now, let me just kind of show examples. Kawhi was really struggling when we first got James Harden. He didn't actually have a 20-plus point game besides the 18-point massacre to Dallas in Dallas in those first five games. So let me so let me just give you a stat for that. When we got James, first five games with James Harden, that starting lineup was together, Kawhi only had one game over 20 points. The second we made that change... He's had seven games over, actually, no, eight games over 20 points. He had an eight-point game against Dallas in the game that we won, and every other game besides that since we made the change, 20-plus points. So the change in the starting lineup, reducing Westbrook's touches, I guess, I don't, I don't want to make it sound like that, but taking a player that needs the ball out of that starting lineup and replacing him with Terrence, that is beneficial to Kawhi, and the numbers show it. The eye test shows it. Now he's had, you know, he had two 30-point games in a row with the Denver loss and then the Sacramento game, and I thought he wasn't bad. He was actually good against Golden State. In both of the last two games, he's been good. Actually, all of the last three games, he's been good. You can even argue four with the Denver loss. I just think that he was inefficient, 38.5%, and he didn't close, and his defense wasn't very good for his standards, but he was our best player in that game which wasn't saying much. I don't think anyone really played that well against Denver. But the last three games, he's been good. The only problem I have with the game that we lost to Golden State was he should have asked for the ball more. He, sh- he can't be only shooting one shot down the stretch when he's been our best player. But besides that, my point is he's been a lot better and more consistent since we took Westbrook out of the starting lineup and reduced the clunkiness, you know, made it simple. We have three guys that need the ball, three guys that want the ball, and we have two guys that can feed off their plate in Terrence and Zoo. Paul George 
He's going through, besides before that last game, he was going through a little bit of a rough patch. You know, he had a terrible game against Denver. He had a bad game against Golden State in the one that we lost. Against Sacramento, he played pretty well, but he was a little iffy shooting-wise. But I'll say this. I think one thing that unlocks Paul George and Kawhi playing well on the same night is actually the aggression of one James Harden. And coming up, I'm going to be talking about what I mean when I say that. I got to tell you a little something about game time. Game time is the best place to get great last minute deals on tickets. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. It takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. Find exclusive flash deals and sponsor deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Just download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNBA. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A. So there's two N's back-to-back for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. All right. So let's talk about the last step in making the Clippers consistent and having Kawhi and Paul George have good games on the same night, which obviously wasn't really a problem when we had Westbrook in the starting lineup, but we don't have Westbrook in the starting lineup anymore, and I'm not going to beat a dead horse by saying we should make a change when we're actually doing really well with Harden in the starting lineup right now. Sorry, Westbrook fans. But James Harden has improved the situation with his last couple of games actually looking for his own shot. Because before, it felt like he was, yeah, he was getting the ball to PG and Kawhi here and there, but when he's not looking for his own shot, it makes him having the ball more than anybody because he does have the ball touches-wise and time of possession-wise more than anyone. It makes it pointless. It's like you're taking away from Paul George and Kawhi. You're not making their life easier because you're dribbling so much and you're not even looking to score. So you're not actually creating as many advantages or as significant of advantages that you could be if you were looking to score. Because if Zubats is going to come set a screen, you have to, like the way the NBA works now is the new point guards, the new age of point guards, they leverage their scoring ability in the pick and roll. And then when teams take that away, then they use their passing ability, and now it's so much easier to get open shots because the spacing, so the reads become easier, the the windows become larger to make these passes. So it puts the defense in a much harder position. And, of course, there's a lot of games where some teams just don't bring it defensively because it is so hard to guard, and that has to do with rules as well and stuff like that. That's another conversation. The point is, James Harden, when he's looking to be aggressive, that has made the difference, and it started with the Sacramento game. The Sacramento game, James, in my opinion, that was his best game as a Clipper. That's been his Clipper high so far was 26 points against the Kings. And you've seen how many double-digit shot attempt games did Harden have as a Clipper before these last uh, three games? Only three. He shot 12 times against Memphis, 15 times against Denver, and 11 times against Houston. Besides that, single-digit shot attempt games, including two straight two-for-eight games in the back-to-back we had against New Orleans and Dallas. But the last three games, not only has he played 36-plus, 35-plus minutes in all of the last four games, but in the last three games, starting with that Sacramento game, 
he had 14 shots, 13 shots the next, and then 14 shots on Saturday. So three straight games of double-digit shot attempts. He's shot extremely efficiently in those games, 57% in the Sacramento win, 46% in the Warriors' loss, and then 50% in the Warriors' win. He scored 26 points, 18 points, and then 21 in those games in that order. So you're seeing when he does that, it opens things up for other people because when he's actually turning the corner with a little bit more speed, then the big man actually has to step up, which will leave the roll man open. Or if somebody comes over for the corner to take the roll man, he can kick it out to the corner shooters, which are often Paul, George, and Kawhi. And not only that, Harden playing with a little bit more pep in his step, looking to be more aggressive going downhill, that's what really creates good shots. Because you get two feet in the paint, that's what gets the defense moving, that's what gets guys open. And also, when they're engaged defensively, And trying to push the pace a little bit faster. Of course, you're not going to play a Russell Westbrook-led pace with Harden. But we've seen Harden try to on-misses, on-turnovers, push the ball up and make a play. Which we saw him do with Brooklyn as well if you actually were watching those games like I was. So, that kind of stuff really helps us out. Now, I'm looking at James Harden's stats right now. I just read those. But let's talk about Paul George's stats in those last couple of games as well. 25 points, 15 points, and 19 points. That's going backwards. So 25 in the win, the game winner he just hit. 15 and 19 in those previous two. I think the 19-point game against Sacramento, even though he didn't shoot well from the field, was still a good game because he defended. And I still think, you know, seven assists and one turnover, that's really solid. But the Golden State game and the Denver game was atrocious. So I think we're still trying to find that balance of Paul George and Kawhi playing well in the same game in the James Harden era. And I think James Harden being a aggressive helps the pace out and just helps the quality of looks and it doesn't feel more as take turnsy it feels like Harden's your point guard when we run him in pick and roll that's a play for Harden to score first because when you get a screen set unless they blitz which right now they're not doing on Harden they're usually in a high drop or a drop Harden has the ability to get downhill and get to his floater if he wants to he's been more willing to do this since he's left Brooklyn the mid-range which is not terrible at when he takes it, even though he neglected it in his prime, mainly due to analytics, D'Antoni, and Mori ball. But when he does that and just keeps the defense honest, that opens things up because then he's going to attract a secondary defender in that pick and roll, and that'll make Zubats uh, get easy baskets and, of course, the other guys. So moral of the story, how do the Clippers become consistent? One, oh, also something I'm not even mentioning, rotations finding the consistency minutes wise and that's a challenge and maybe i'll get into that more on the wednesday show before the game the main stories defensive intensity i think the consistency thing is still a little bit overblown 2-1-3 playing well on the same game that's on both ends of the floor and then james harden a lot of it's paul george just going to the basket and not settling so much it's like really and then james harden being aggressive so those are my keys let me know what you think. Let me know what you think is the biggest key for the Clippers to be consistent in the comment section. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DimeDropperPod. Subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more LA Clipper and NBA and LA sports content. And Locked On Clippers, free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Make sure you subscribe. We're almost at 4,000, and it's really appreciated. Um, I know, obviously, no one's going to agree with everything I say, but I try my best. I'm very passionate about this team. And, you know, I have a lot of other jobs going on. Like, this is not my main job, of course. And I try my best to, to do what I can to bring you this as a solo host. I know I'm not the only solo host. I am the youngest one, though. I might, 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 want, might preface that. But, yeah, I try my best, man. I do. You know, at the end of the day, I want this team to win more than anything. 
And I, I'm honest and I don't hold back. I have very strong opinions about the way basketball is played because I was very passionate about playing myself. And I still am. So let me know what you think. I'm always down to hear the feedback and I try to respond to everything. So have a great day. Go Clippers. The age old proverb continues.